Okay, another episode of the Troublemakers Podcast. Today, I'm super pumped. Um, I'll do a bit of an intro, but I can't, I know I won't be able to do a perfect intro. We, I have Anastas, pretty much Canada, I would say he's royalty. Visuals by Royals, um, content creator, music video shooter, all around amazing dude. So thanks for coming on, man. For sure, man. Thanks for having me on. This is sweet. This is like, I love that you just hit me up and we're like, let's just run it. And within five minutes, we're on here doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I have a funny relationship because people that don't know, we don't, we live like 45 minutes apart. Yeah. And we've yet to link up in person, but we always like all the time. It's like, Hey, what's this? Oh, cool. Boom, 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 boom. So yeah, I like super appreciate it. It's like, Hey, are you free today? I am. Okay. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's run it. I love it, man. So little backstory. I remember when I first found out about you, I was like scrolling YouTube and I was like, this video is cool. This tutorial is cool. This is cool. So I was like watching everything and I don't know how it, came about but i was like this dude is from saskatchewan and i was dead sure that obviously weren't but you were so i reached out and i mean it turned out we had quite an overlapping group of people but i was like yeah like this guy's this guy's not your normal saskatchewan person as far (laughs) as creating that sort of stuff so how did you do it? How, where, where did it all begin? So, dude, this is, so this is a super crazy story. Now I, I could make it a one hour story, but I'm going to kind of shorten it up a bit. So um, I've told this story a little bit on my YouTube channel. Um, definitely talked about it, but um, so from the beginning, so I graduate high school and my aunt and uncle um, in Europe, they send me a Canon T3i as like a, with a kit lens, SD card, battery, everything for a grad present. And it honestly sat in my room collecting dust for, oh God, probably like a solid full year before I ever opened it. And I used to be really involved in the car scene. I used to be into cars back in the day when I was a teenager. I used to mm-hmm. be into like the Japanese cars and everything. And my buddy was over and we were, we were sitting in my room and he's like, is that like a brand new camera just sitting there? I was like, yeah, like I haven't even opened it. He's like, dude, you should charge it. And like, let's go take some photos of our cars. And I was like, yeah, like, I guess I don't even know how to use it, but sure. So went out, shot some photos, edited it in like whatever comes stock on like an old 2015 iMac computer. And I was like, this is actually kind of fun. And then I was like, I'm going to go out and take some just photos of my own car on my own time. So I went out brought out my T3i and because I didn't know anything about cameras, I had it set on the video mode and I didn't know how to put it in back into photo mode. So I was like, well, why don't I just shoot a car video? Like that sounds kind of cool. And then I'll edit it in iMovie. So I did that instantly fell in love with the editing process and the shooting and the camera angles and trying to mimic all the big car videographer, YouTube channels and their shots and stuff. So that's how I got into it. And then I kind of just continued shooting car videos. Now, During this time, actually, um, a lot of people don't know this, but I was actually diagnosed with a super, super rare autoimmune disease um, that basically 
doesn't allow half of my face to produce fat cells. So I've had to go through like fat graft surgeries throughout the past, like probably like six years or so, or like probably three years out of high school, I had to go to Toronto to do those surgeries. And I was actually always very self-conscious about being in front of the camera. Like I would say all through high school and even two years out of high school, there's probably like other than family get togethers, there's no like photos of me on the internet or have ever been taken of me in public because I was like so self-conscious of my face and people noticing that like my cheek was like a little indented my chin looked a little bigger on the one side I was just super self-conscious about it so when I started getting into video I started posting this my videos on like Facebook because that was the thing back then I mean Instagram was barely even a thing Um, and then I would just repurpose the content onto YouTube and I started Rolls Ed Production and I started getting so many people hitting me up being like, dude, these car videos are sick. Like nobody else is doing this here. And I felt like I was getting like this, like, I don't, I don't want to say clout, but like recognition for my work, mm-hmm. but people didn't have to actually like see my face when I was producing content. So I was like, I absolutely love this. Like I, I love just sitting behind the camera, putting out this work, getting the praise for it, building a YouTube community and calling it a day. So I remember I got into music videos and just out of nowhere, I was just getting bored of the corporate stuff. At the time I was working at a marketing company and I was like, and I started, I posted maybe three or four music videos, like in Regina of all places. And we're talking like back in like, you know, five years ago when like people, like it wasn't a saturated market. It wasn't a cool thing to go out and shoot rap music videos, especially in the prairies. So I find these low key artists and I start shooting music videos for them people start asking questions locally. They're like, how the hell do you shoot music videos? Where do you find these guys? And where do you even shoot them in the city? So I was like, hey, like, I'm just going to make a behind the scenes tutorial on how to shoot a music video. Since people keep asking me, then there's got to be people looking for this topic. So I go out, um, book a music video in like December of, I don't know, it was like four or five years ago. Um, It just happened to be like a plus five day outside. And I bring a separate, a second camera with a tripod and a shotgun mic. And I just go up to the camera and like, that was my B cam slash behind the scenes. So I didn't have like a BTS shooter or anything. And I just went and started vlogging exactly what I was doing in literally downtown Regina. And I was so scared of putting that vlog out because that was the first time I'd ever have my face in front of a camera. And I just Mm -hmm. got out of my comfort zone, did it, posted it, which was like terrifying. And the amount of love that was shown on that, not only from like local creators, but like also people on my YouTube channel, it was like, holy crap, like I almost got to like double down on this. Like people actually enjoy my teaching style and how in depth I get into these tutorials. So I started posting more and more content and like that's really just how it grew. It really stemmed from doing music video behind the scenes and just breaking it down for the beginners. And then obviously I branched out into doing car video behind the scenes. Um, I do a lot of fitness video behind the scenes. That's just another niche of film that I just love shooting and just. Um, your your just fitness like, videos, I'm not a fit dude by any stretch, <laughs> but your fitness videos, I'm like, man, I feel pumped just watching it. Dude, and when yeah. anybody asks me about like fitness stuff, I'm like, check out these videos. If you're not making stuff like close to this level, you got to work at it because this yeah. is kind of like, this is what the bar is set at. So yeah, always, I'm always like, check out this. Cause this is like <laughs> the perfect fitness video. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know how I, well, I got into fitness videos. Cause one of my really close friends, one of my best friends, he 
Um, he's a trainer slash does a lot of online stuff with fitness. And he kind of brought, like we met each other years ago, started shooting fitness content for him. And then I just fell in love with doing fitness content. So I thought, you know what, why not make some tutorials? And it's funny too, because like, like we'll get into this in a bit, but when we t chat about YouTube, but um, that initial music video tutorial, the first blog that I put out that I was literally terrified of like posting like borderline almost thought about not even posting and just deleting the project completely and was like, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. That's like the highest viewed music video tutorial on YouTube. Or it's like that's at amazing. least in the top three, which is like ridiculous because it's like you watch it and it's literally in downtown Regina of mm -hmm. all places, which is hilarious to me. I think, I think something about you that I've always admired, and yes, I'm probably going to like fanboy quite a bit here. <laughs> um, but the one thing I admired about you is you you were kind of blazing the trail when I came onto the scene, right? So it was yeah. like, I saw what you were doing. And when I started as a photographer, I mean, I was doing the same stuff as everyone else. I was like mm -hmm. hustling to shoot families and weddings and yeah. it was never my, my jam. So then I started doing like the editorial fashion mm -hmm. and it was crazy because it hit the internet. And then I was getting a lot of like, brands and companies but no one thought I was from Saskatchewan because yeah. I was shooting like gritty alleys and weird totally. weird angles and everyone thought I was like New York Boston yeah. Chicago and it's like nope I'm in the buckle of Saskatchewan's Bible Belt but totally. like seeing you it's like this this is entirely possible right like the one thing where we are is we are very landlocked unless we're traveling all the time. So using the internet, it, it makes your, your client base so much bigger, yeah. especially in the world. Right. Like I can, I, we were, I was chatting once with a friend of mine and they were like, Oh, cause I'm not a big person as a photographer. I don't care about being published. Mm -hmm. Right. Like to me, I don't care at all. Um, because, I mean, there's so many, like, fake magazines and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I remember, like, the first time I got published in a real magazine in Singapore. Oh, and I was like, God, I've, I've never, I've, you know what, I'm probably not going to go to Singapore. It's not on my top ten. But it's cool that I'm being recognized there. So cool, dude. That is unreal. Congrats, so, man. Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I've been published a bunch of times and it's always just like, meh, meh. Cause to me, it's just doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like in the olden days where if you were a published photographer, it was a huge deal. Yeah. Now you can pay to play and you know, Hey, I live in Assiniboia and I've been published 150 times. That's mm -hmm. wild, man. So yeah, it's a, it's always been a thing where I've been like, Anasaz is killing it and I like I like what he does I like his direction and I really like your outlook where you're like it doesn't matter that I'm in Regina yeah because I can go to LA or someone from LA can come here totally. like it's not so I always I always when I'm when I talk to other creators and like small business people you always hear the everything is saturated right yeah. And I was at a branding conference once and the presenter was like, every single market, no matter what you do, is saturated. 100%. Whether you're 
a hairstylist, a photographer, a videographer, it's saturated. So you can either kind of operate the same as everyone else and you get the same results as everyone else, or you can become your own market yep. and then there's no one else in it. So the only thing that holds you back is you. And I was like, that makes so much sense to me. Totally, so, man. Totally. Th- like, I al- I always thought, too, I'm like, I- oh, I'm never going to live in Regina for, like, I don't know, call it my 20s. It's like, you know, I-, I need to go to L.A. I need to go to Vancouver, Toronto. But I don't know, man. I do great here. And, yeah, if somebody does want to work with me, I either fly to them or they fly to me. Like, bottom mm-hmm. line. And, like, the YouTube thing is great, too, right? It's like, you don't, like when I'm doing a music video tutorial, I don't need to be on Hollywood Boulevard. Like at the end of the day to get my point across and to do it right. Like I can just do it in an Airbnb or somebody's home or like an indoor location. Nobody knows if it's in New York, Los Angeles, a big city or metropolitan. Right. Right. Okay. So I'm going to pose a hard, a a tough one for you. It's a controversial topic. Um, I saw a video quite some time ago because there's things that stick with me and resonate, right? Yep. So this was, it's a YouTube dude who I'm like obsessed with um, on on a ton of levels. So he used to be like a a big filmmaker and then switched to YouTube. So he did a video that the, you know, the catchphrase that you have to have so that people like check it out. It was... YouTube creators aren't filmmakers. So what he did is he ended up talking to a bunch of YouTube creators and then a bunch of like trained filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because all of the trained filmmakers discredited the YouTube makers and the YouTube makers are like, we're still making things that go into film festivals. Mm-hmm. We're we're the new generation. So what do you, what do you think? Are YouTube creators filmmakers? I think I think it depends on what they actually shoot even outside of like YouTube. Like to me, I consider myself a videographer. I don't consider myself a cinematographer or like filmmaker. Like I don't go on to you know, 50,000, 100,000 million dollar, like, you know, uh, TV show series or like feature films and stuff. Like I don't shoot any of that stuff. I've never shot a doc, like a short doc or a short film in my life. So it's like, I'm a videographer. A lot of the content I shoot is like social media content for clients, or it's like one-off corporate talking head videos. So -hmm. it's like, to me, I'm a videographer um, through and through. And it's like, but at the end of the day, it's like I, I see how the cinematographer, filmmaker community probably like the people who are like trained, trained professionals who are shooting feature films, and like all these like big budget stuff using like Ari Alexa cameras, reds, whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. I can see them getting a little like, I don't know, like upset or like annoyed about like the YouTube creators. So like I guarantee you a cinematographer, like a trained cinematographer watching my music video behind the scenes, they're probably picking apart so many things that in their eyes are so totally done wrong. But it's like, at the end of the day, like I can't preach to like 99% of the people watching my videos. Like I've had to step back and like realize this, that it's amateur filmmakers, like your videographers. Mm -hmm. It's people that are literally either don't own a camera yet 
or are like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can use my Canon T7i to shoot a music video. I'm gonna watch this tutorial and watch this guy break it down. So it's like, I, I can't be talking about shutter angle and how you need to you you need a key light and a fill light plus a rim light and all these like expensive pieces of equipment when these people are literally you know don't even own a gimbal like a cheap gimbal they just have a camera lens right. and maybe like a kit lens or, or a kit lens and a camera body like a cheap camera body so it's like those are the people that i'm kind of more so preaching to because like when you start to talk especially on youtube in like these uh, I, mean, I mean there's a few people like call it like gerald undone is like really really good at like reviewing cameras and like talking about like the technical side of filmmaking but it's like mm -hmm. that is to like a niche like a very very specific niche that in my opinion is smaller than the vast majority of people that are literally just getting into videography and those are ultimately the people i want to speak to because i mean at the end of the day i have an online shop that i sell digital products and i sell those products to amateurs and up-and-coming videographers i have a music video course that is literally tailored towards the up-and-coming videographers who um you know just want to jump the learning curve so that's kind of yeah. how i see like the videographer versus filmmaker slash cinematographer see i because as a photographer i mean we both we both know the photography world can be it's pretty like it's it's pretty gatekeepy you know yeah so like i remember when i first started because i came about photography like by accident i had zero intention of ever becoming a photographer mm -hmm. it was just like i got a camera from work and i was like huh i'll take a couple photography you know i'll take a couple sunset photos yeah and then it just went crazy <laughs> um but in the photography world, it's a lot the same where it was like, if you're going to shoot a portrait, you need to use this 85 mil, yeah. right? Like this is your range. And I was like, but why? If everyone's doing that, why am I going to do that? Like I'm going to yeah. use a 17, you know what I mean? Totally. And then it was, it was tons of the, well, if you're not shooting in landscape, if you're shooting for, if you're shooting in vertical, 99% of my people want vertical content. Exactly. So why am I going to shoot at landscape? Like, that's ridiculous to me. Totally. And I remember this is because we all have those things that happened, right? Where we were like, this is a motivator. Um, I remember meeting with a photographer. I was new. Like, it was right when I kind of first broke out and the, the avalanche of my adventure started. Um, they talked to me about like working with them in some capacity. And I was like, I don't know, like it's your thing isn't really my thing. You know, I'm not a cute pose, laser beam background. That's not my jam. Yeah. And then I remember them like straight face looking me in the face and they were like, you need to do this because you'll never be taken seriously as a photographer because you haven't paid your dues oh my and you'll just and you'll just be a flash in the pan oh. fast forward to now i'm still here <laughs> not them though but i was just like what am i getting myself into like do i want this yeah and i mean like i came from the music world right so it was like you you work with people you help people you make you make your industry stronger you like the sense of community was crazy. And then it was 
interesting because like on a local end, um, because I did come ultimately out of nowhere, it was like I had boudoir photographers being like, Hey, like, where are you going? What are you, what are you doing? What's going to be your thing? And like wedding people. And like, it was just like, you guys just chill out. Anyone that like knows me knows I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want. Exactly. So my thing is like, let's just keep it real. Let's keep it civil. And we can all do whatever we want. So yeah, there's a few times, but I remember that conversation and that's always going to be like one of my motivators where it's like, for sure. "Mm, Yeah. That, that one just, and I mean, I'm not a negative person, Yeah, but that exchange was like the fire that really ignited. Okay. Let's, let's run with this now. If if apparently if the whole community thinks I'm going to fail, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. Cause why wouldn't I? Exactly. Right? Totally. Love so, it. yeah. And then I'm trying to think, okay, so you do, you do digital content yep. that you like workshops you do. What's your primary platform? YouTube. Yeah. Primary platform is YouTube. I mean, I dabble in like a few other things on the side. So like I do the YouTube stuff, which is like all like gear reviews, um, tutorial, a lot of tutorial based content. And then, um, yeah, and then I sell digital products like LUTs, raw editing files, uh, ebooks through my online shop. And then I have a music video course that has about 130 or so um, video lessons in it that basically teach everybody from like the basics of camera settings all the way to like camera operating techniques that I've picked up on along the way of shooting music videos, um, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. like editing breakdowns, everything. And um, it's a super, super intense course. Um, and then I'm actually a part owner of an online hockey goaltender development program. I posted a little bit about it on my Instagram, but mm-hmm. I would say that I definitely sink like full-time hours into that as well. Um, that's something that we've definitely, um, I have two other business partners in that and it's called increased performance online. So we post a lot of TikTok content, a lot of social media content, and we're, um, actively growing that pretty quickly. And then we sell, um, digital products through that as well. So we have an online video course that, um, I shot and edited all the videos for, um, for that. And we sell that, uh, we have Facebook community. It's totally like, I don't even know how to skate, bro, but like, I'm still involved in a hockey, like goaltending <laughs> program, which is funny. Cause I just handle all the editing for the most part and some of the shooting. Right. Um, but yeah, so like, I sing full-time hours into that. And then obviously like the video production company, Royal Z, like I'm pretty much shooting like everything and anything. So, and also doing that full time. So it's pretty busy, but yeah, I'd say it's split between like, like for social media though, like YouTube is like my jam though. That's where I'm posting like the most content for sure. Right. See, for me, I, I have a YouTube channel. It's like basically me and like two of my friends that follow me. Um, it's just a platform I couldn't figure because I'm so Instagram built, right? Like that's that's my bread and butter that's my baby so i was always of the mind like i'm gonna i'm gonna instagram until it hits a plateau Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna branch into something else totally i had no idea that i was gonna branch into podcasting and clothing companies and all that sort of stuff but i did so i mean why not right for sure, man. And I mean, like, yeah, YouTube, YouTube's a tough one, man. Like, there is just so many moving parts to like optimizing your videos, the psychology behind thumbnails and titles is like, like, I'll literally sit there for like, 
days thinking like having a video unlisted i'm like what can i make like can i make this thumbnail better is this good enough should i change the title um i regularly go back and audit my youtube channel and look at the analytics and see what the click-through rate is and if it's low then i go back and i revamp the thumbnails revamp the title like i'm actively always on the back end of my youtube channel and that's just like a small part of it too it's like even how you shoot your youtube content and trying to keep that audience retention high is like a huge thing but i will say that if you ask me like is youtube worth it like worth doing and like investing your time into a year ago i'd say as long as you're consistently uploading like one to two times a week and just stick to it and pretty much look at it as a marathon game where it's like probably not going to go anywhere the first year but maybe year two or three something will catch traction and there you go um, right. Now, though, YouTube has made a lot of algorithm changes. Um, there's channels that are popping up left, right and center that have maybe three uploads. One of them hits the algorithm and it's like one, two million views and they're catching like 100,000 subscribers. YouTube Shorts is a big one, too. I mean, it's directly competing with TikTok, literally, and Instagram right. Reels. And they're just shoveling so much organic reach. Like I posted a YouTube short a few nights ago and it's just me doing a behind the scenes of like a handheld movement for a gym video and mm -hmm. within like three minutes I look back and it's like holy crap like it's like 3,500 views like on a YouTube video I'm like holy shit and it's got me like 15 subscribers like just like within five minutes so I remember yeah there's a lot there's a lot to think about with YouTube but um and it definitely takes a lot of time like YouTube content has to be perfect when you post it too. That's the issue with YouTube content is like, it has to be perfect because it's going to stay right. on there for years. Right. Yeah. Um, on the, on the like rapid count, I remember you and I talked about this years ago when I had that cow video from Agribition. Yeah. Um, I put it on my personal Facebook. Like, so not my business, not my Instagram. Um, and I was like, I was watching it because I was like, hey, it's getting some likes, right? Yep. And this is like Facebook. Yeah. So I was like, and the funniest part is I like had zero intention of shooting this. Um, so I posted it on like a Friday, Friday afternoon, maybe. And I think it was just like, a, hey, this is cute. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Yeah. And it was like this little dude getting his face licked by a cow. Mm-hmm. Being from Saskatchewan, this is normal, yeah. right? And then we were going for, we were getting ready to go for supper. I was like, Jess, I got like 500 views on this video. <laughs> and she's like, cool, I guess. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, Jess. And she's like, you have 510 views? I was like, I have like 30,000 views. Oh my God. And and then this is what was like the craziest for me because like I'm not I didn't Facebook nothing, um, it was just like personal. And then we were getting we were walking into a restaurant because by this time I'm like fixated. Yeah. I was like, babe, I have a hundred thousand views on this. Oh my god. And she's like, shut up, you're lying. She's like, it's probably like a thousand. So I showed her and she's like, holy shit. We finished supper. 150,000 um so I'm like oh my god like what's this is crazy like and I mean dopamine right yeah so then it ended up that night I went to bed and it was like 
225,000 maybe. Holy shit, dude. And obviously I couldn't sleep, so I put my phone like not in the room, so I would just sit up and check <laughs> it. I got up in the morning, it was over 500,000. Oh my god. So I'm like, oh my, well, so I'm like, oh my god. Um, and then my email started blowing up with you get work from that interview requests and agency requests and blah 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 blah. so I like reached out because I'm like who on earth do I talk to about this yeah so I'm pretty sure you and I kind of knew each other but I think I reached out to you and you were like bro I have no idea yeah (laughs) I didn't know what to do so I reached out to Justin and Greg and I was like these guys know and they were like man, we have no idea. So I like reached out to the tornado hunter and I was like, what do I do? And he's like, whatever you did, just ride it out. And I remember him saying, make sure you have a sound bite for tomorrow morning, which would be Monday. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, just trust me. Um, Because I've had like really silly things be my sound bites. Yeah. Um, He's like, so have like a really good one. He's like, sit down, think of what's important to you and stick by that. And I was like, okay, this is kind of ominous. Um, so Monday morning, my email is like full of like agency wanting representa- represent me, people wanting to buy the video, cool. news like I did. So it ended up the story got covered. And this is crazy about Saskatchewan to me. It was on like global news across the country except for Saskatchewan. Really? It was on the news, like, in multiple places in the States, South America. I did, like, a radio interview in Chile. I didn't know that the national sport in Chile was rodeo. Um, but it was, like, my, like my local Musha place, like, my Musha news source didn't even touch it. And I'm doing interviews on, like, global and various things in the states about this whole video so yeah i think the last time i looked um so it is licensed now like it's represent it's represented it was an interesting conversation with like the family and how do we go about this you know like what's important that sort of thing yeah um but it's still getting used in like youtube videos and it was in a lego commercial and all this other stuff and i was like huh Dude, weird that so, is wild yeah it's so that's kind of part of my photography world as well right is like uh, now i understand the license end and the it's not the world is doesn't have to be a shoot and burn right like For it's sure. it, like like YouTube things, like it can have potential for a long time. For sure. So yeah. And then I'm like, it's funny when I meet like other photographers and stuff and they're like, well, like you never advertise, you know, Christmas minis. Well, I don't do them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, where, like, how, how do you, how does your work get out there? So I kind of like explain it and it's like mind blown, but yeah, it's uh that was my first one and I was like I think it's it's over 800,000 now. Oh my god. Just on Facebook. Holy like just crap. it's been seen by probably millions, dude. Yeah, the crazy thing and this was like cuz you know a fair amount a fair amount about me 
And I'm like, what I'm, what I believe is what I believe. And that's it. So when I was talking to like agencies about representation, it was, it blew me away a lot that like a lot of them couldn't ensure that this video would go to clients that represented like farm life positively. I see. So for me and the family, it was like, we do not want this on a graphic PETA commercial. Like we don't, because I mean, they're ranchers. And I come from the country. So when I was vetting all of these courting offers from agencies, it was like, I need a hundred percent guarantee that this is never going to go to crap. And you know, that this is always something that I can pull at any point. And if it's something big, like I still want to sign off. I still want to talk to the family, even though they've done like a full, disclosure on it and just be like hey is this something you still want to want to do um the part that I thought that was the coolest about all of it so the little dude in the video I don't know he was like maybe 10 at the time um so I was talking to the mom and they're from like a small town in Alberta and I was like hey like this is what's happening and I know like you probably don't understand because I don't understand yeah the scope of all of this um, but I mean, if you don't want your kid to be the kid that got licked by the cow on the internet, just let me know. Yeah. And, and the mom started laughing and she's like, well, the first thing that we needed once this happened was, um, we needed to go get him a map. So what he was doing is when like people would comment, yeah, he would look where they were from and then put a little pin on the map. No way. And I'm like, for a 10-year-old kid from small-town Alberta oh. to be like, my video, could you imagine his clout going to school? Oh, like, dude. Being like, rock star. someone in New Zealand was talking about me on TV. That's so yeah, and it, it's cool because it's been years and we still have just like a deadly relationship. And yeah, that's that's one of my, one of my big ones. I don't talk about it a ton because it's like, it's kind of weird. Dude, but, that's crazy, man. That's the power of the internet. I mean, when was this? Mm, this was a few years ago. Maybe okay. 2018, 2019 Okay, so that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, I feel like Facebook low-key is making a comeback in terms of, like, organic views. Like, you can very well get a viral Facebook video nowadays. And I feel like it's kind of an underdog right now. A little underrated. Okay, so it's funny that you say that. Because I've neglected my Facebook for years. Me too. <laughs> um, so then I was like, you know what? I'm going to streamline my world. And instead of like picking and choosing, because my Facebook content used to be quite a bit different than my Instagram content. Mm-hmm. I don't want my grandma. I didn't want my grandma seeing a lot of what I shoot. Right. I mean, I am. Right. I'm a little provocative. I like ruffling feathers. You know, it, I thought it would be hard to explain to my grandma, why is there a half-undressed lady with a knife covered in blood, right? Yeah. And then I was like, do you know what? It's part of me, though. And this yeah. is... Um, so I kind of just started posting together, and it was maybe, like, last month. Um, I got an email that I can monetize my Facebook now. Oh, no way. 
So how does that like, work? Is it is it from video? So video, they do like a star system. Yeah. Um, I don't post a ton of video. So I'm not super versed on it. I'll look on it when we're done chatting. But yeah, they sent me an email and it was like, you're eligible for monetization under this. And I was like, I thought Facebook was dead. Dude, and then I got looking at analytics and was like, you sneaky little bugger. You're pulling higher numbers than my Instagram. Because let's be real, Instagram is dying. It fast. is. Yeah, it is. So it's like, you're doing this and I totally neglected you for years. And all of a sudden you're like, my reach is 10 times what my Instagram is. And my following is like a quarter. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to Facebook some more. So I agree with you. I think Facebook is making some sort of comeback. I don't know what it's going to be, but I mean, I don't think any of us are ever going to stop using Facebook. We stopped using it a lot and just for like, oh, it'll be for our friends or friends and family. And now it's like, you're sneaking up again because Instagram is seriously dying. Yeah, man. I mean, like, if if Instagram can get their shit together and start monetizing, like, that's when it'll make a big comeback. But, like, if you can't monetize a platform in 2022, 2023, like, people are going to neglect it. You can't make yeah. money off it. People are going to neglect it. Like, I look at my Instagram as literally, like, a digital business card. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't keep business cards. I'm like, look me up on Instagram. Like, you'll find all my work with one scroll. And um, we'll go from there. DM me or email me. Done. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But other than that, like, I just, like, I guess, like, posting Instagram stories, sure, just to keep people up to date with, like, what I'm up to business-wise. But, like, yeah, other than that, man, I really do actually, like, neglect the platform. Like, unless I have, like, you know, a video project that is, like, worth showing, then I'll post it. But, like, other than that, it's, like, I'm really just posting the best of my best work on there. Yeah. At the end of the day. It's, uh, it's, in- it's, it's interesting. Like, I think, yeah. Cause I guess you were, you were kind of, you're biz, but when I had my little, my Britney Spears moment and I decided I was quitting Instagram, yeah. um, that was a horrible choice for yeah. this guy, but it felt good. Cause I mean, like you, I'm going on the, where you were like showing the best of your best. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it's no secret. Like I wear specific clothes. I yeah. do specific things for the gram for sure and it was so exhausting yeah dude like honestly it was like i talking to jess we were going somewhere and she was like you just remind me of like an old man that's Mm -hmm. getting ready to go to work to a job that like sucks the life out of him (laughs) i was like okay i need a change (laughs) so i of course was like because my photography world and my online world happened relatively quick and relatively easy. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I'll start podcasting. What do you yeah. want to podcast about? I have no idea. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do as a photographer. Yeah. Um, I also realized podcasting was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it is difficult, but, dude. Well, and so few people, I thought there would be more like transferred people. But there's not. Yeah. Like, like Jess doesn't listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I can be like, oh, did you hear me on my podcast? She's like, babe, I love you to bits. I don't listen to podcasts. 
Yeah, like, a lot oh. of people don't, man. Like, they're probably just bumping music on their way to the gym. I mean, I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, just like I'll be editing and have a podcast going on the side. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of the times it is video podcasts um, for the most part. I just like, I don't know. I like seeing that human interaction a little bit. But, I mean, starting a podcast, though, is difficult, man. And it's hard to get people to go from Instagram to watch a podcast or even from YouTube to stream it on, like, Spotify right yeah. like people like it's so hard to move people from platform to platform like even tiktok it's hard to move people from tiktok to a youtube channel oh, i i'm the worst tiktoker <laughs> like on earth i because i'm a numbers person yeah i can't for the life of me like figure out what clicks on tiktok right like on instagram it's easy for me to like watch all my analytics, attach a value. Okay, well, this was worth doing. This was not worth doing. Yeah. Um, but like I saw, there's a dude that I know and he's kind of like blown up on TikTok, not a ton, but he's got solid content. So I was looking at like what a post rate is. Mm-hmm. It's, you need so much more on TikTok than yeah. you do on Instagram definitely it is a scaling like you have to post that scale like that hockey goaltender development program i was talking about mm-hmm. like we started posting seriously to tiktok when we had maybe three or four thousand followers and this was three months ago and like mm-hmm. we literally are like hey let's like hammer tiktok we're an online business we need to have an online presence so we literally were posting i'm not even kidding you upwards of 20 tiktok videos per day for probably three months straight and i mean now yeah now we're at like we're getting we're creeping up to a hundred thousand followers now three months later but like the amount of time and effort dude to put out that much content was like ridiculous like it would drive me insane because i was editing all the content at the end of the day and then daniel the goaltender who's the face of the business he was the one actually posting it and it's funny too because he's not a very tech savvy guy but because he just had to do it for the business he now knows tiktok like as well as i do if not better which is awesome yeah i still think of like like another online person and i want to have her as a guest um is jesse from regina like the the tiktok's famous catfish oh yeah 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 yeah. i've seen her tiktoks pop up on the page and stuff yeah, she's so getting, like, makeup, awards right? from TikTok. And... Pardon me? She, she's into, like, makeup and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm thinking they've done, like, news yeah. articles on her, and I'm like, Dude, that's wild. so amazing for yeah. someone local totally. to, like, blow it up. Because, I mean, of, like, yourself, myself, Jesse, lots of the online people in Saskatchewan, and there's not a ton. Um, I honestly think a lot of our career path would be easier if we were in bigger places. But we also have that resilience to hustle harder. Definitely. Definitely. You know, like, okay, I don't, I, as a photographer, don't live in Venice. So I can't just tag the local coffee shop and know that a hundred thousand people are going to see it. Totally. You know, I can tag the local coffee shop in Moose Jaw and like 20 people are going to see it. And those 20 people already know who I am. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it's I've just never, ever, ever seen. And I don't think we will see another platform 
shoveling out organic reach like TikTok did even like two years ago was when it was like the hottest. That was the easiest time to blow up on TikTok. Now it's more difficult because they're starting to monetize the platform more and people are running ads on it. But right. like, man, like even like, have you heard of like Airsoft, like the sport Airsoft, like people, mm-hmm. well, they dress up like it's like paintball, but with like BB guns, really. So yeah, I, I got into that um, during COVID actually. I was like, I need to get into a sport that is just like, not the gym, something that gets my mind off work. I'm stressed and you do something like, like, you know, healthy with like physical and like get some physical activity. in. so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to look into paintball. And there wasn't that many people at paintball. So I was like, I'm going to look into airsoft. I stumbled upon like airsoft gameplay videos. Like this looks so much fun. Found out there was like a Mm -hmm. super low key community in Regina and Moose Jaw. Same with Saskatoon too. But we all play at paintball paradise in the summers, like every single weekend, every Saturday, Sunday. And it's like, you know, like an eight hour day, go out, you know, team up with everyone. It's like Call of Duty in real life, pretty much. And Mm -hmm. I got into like custom crafting ghillie suits. So like, like, like actually like professionally, like custom crafting them to like blend in with like outdoor environments and stuff. And I got super into it, dude. It's the most weirdest niche thing ever. And, (laughs) and I use a sniper rifle, right? Which is like, obviously when people you know search up you know any sort of call of duty gameplay or like anything like that the coolest thing to look up is like sniper shots right so i was like you know what i'm not even going to document any of this because um i just want it to be like a creative getaway next thing i know within like the first two games i'm now rocking like a gopro head cam i have a selfie cam on my gun plus i have a scope cam and i start documenting like just my airsoft days and i started posting youtube content but then i was like you know what i'm gonna start posting to tiktok and this is when i first started posting to tiktok like two years ago and dude there's a video Mm -hmm. on my tiktok on my airsoft page that has like 23 million views and it's literally a paintball paradise in regina it's a stupid video it just blew up and like that account like of all things airsoft in regina saskatchewan like that account has like four hundred thousand followers and it's just the most weirdest niche ever but people just i guess are attracted to it like it's so weird but it's crazy how quick it blew up. Like I didn't even try. I just posted the right. content and just didn't think anything of it. And then it just did really well. And I feel like that's all TikTok is. It's like, you never know what content is going to get views on that platform. No. And the things that you think are going to hit, don't. Don't. No. And, and then the stuff like I did one, oh, where I made um, dill pickle pizza. Yeah. And I was like, eh, I'll throw it up there because I haven't posted anything on TikTok in ages. Yeah. So for me, like, I'm the one thing on TikTok is I'm pretty consistent. Yeah. So like, my follow is very small, but my my views is relatively consistent. So I'm like, I'm pulling in like hundreds, like 500 views, and then this one all of a sudden was like 37,000, and I was like, oh, well, because I started cooking last year. Yeah. Um, weird. This is I through the internet you meet friends right yeah yeah and this is weird to say as like adult men that we have we have friends on the internet that we've oh, never yeah. met in real life i feel like napoleon dynamite kind of oh man with um, filmmaking same thing man like i have so many friends like internet friends dude like we facetime but we've never met mm-hmm. yeah totally so i found so through the clothes that i wear um there was a uh a griller like a, a barbecuer 
who I was like, this dude is cool. And he like, he, so he's like a Traeger pro, which I didn't realize was a huge deal. But in Canada, there's only two Traeger pros, this dude and Dennis Prescott, who has like amazing food photography. He's got a show on YouTube or on Netflix. Like he's big deal. So I was like, this guy's kind of cool. Like he's not, he's a little bit more normal. Um, So I started like following grilling and then him and I got chatting. Turns out he's from Saskatchewan as well. Small world. Yeah. So we're like besties. Like we actually honestly text each other pretty much every day. So lots of times I'll do like cheers, like coffee cheers with them, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But he got me like interested in smoking, like, like smoking food. Yeah. Because I was like, eh, I kind of just thought it was, you know, oh, for beef jerky. Um, So I kind of started following his content, which then got me into, like, other people's. And I was like, okay, this might be something I want to do. So I started cooking and, like, grilling and all of this stuff because it was a creative escape from my normal day-to-day life. Because what people, I think don't understand is when you're on the internet and when you live on the internet it's exhausting oh yeah right so to have something where you're like totally unrelated like when i'm having family time friend time i don't even keep my cell phone on me because i don't want to use my camera yeah right so i started this as like oh this would be fun like and then I was like, oh, I'll try this. And then oh, I'll put some food on. And it was crazy how fast, like, the the grilling community instantly were like, hey, we like this. We like this. Oh, you do this. And it's like, I didn't even know this was a thing, first of all. But because, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. I had the misconception that, like, smoker grillers were all backwoods hillbilly people. Yeah, yeah. This is the furthest thing from the truth. There's, like, NFL players. There's, and, like, people are passionate about it. I was like, what a weird thing. So, like, and then you look at me to go from, like, an oil rig guy (laughs) to a photographer to an influencer to now I'm, like, grilling. I'm making cinnamon buns on a smoker. Like, okay. That's so cool. Yeah. And it's so fun finding these niches and getting involved in the communities too. Like you meet so many people if you truly are like actually passionate about it. Like you just get drawn to so many different people. It's the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing. Like I've said it a lot on here. The one, the one part that kind of like prompted me doing a podcast um, is I wanted it different than my Instagram but I also wanted it more of like a raw and accurate portrayal of who I am as a human. Yeah. So one thing that I've found re- like reflecting through my career thus far is I've like linked up with amazing people, mm-hmm. you know, like when I shot those, um, the hobo people in Moose Jaw yeah. and like ended up hearing their story and I was like mind blown. Yeah. Because I assume these people were, like, homeless, you know? Yeah. All three of them had jobs. No way. One of them was a graphic designer from Baltimore. And I was like, how does this work? 
Like, I need to know. And they all were like, everywhere has outdoor power outlets. Yeah. Everywhere has free Wi-Fi somewhere. True. And they were like, we just don't want to live, you know, in in corporate world. Like, we've done that, and we just want to travel and just live. I was like, yeah, but... Because we, we chatted, because um, I put up some photos, and then I was just like, hey, like, this is cool. These people are here in my local community. And then the dude reached, one of the dudes reached out to me, and he was like, hey, like, thanks for today. Um, so many people came and, like, gave us money. And, we, and the thing I thought was cool is they never asked. Yeah. So they were like, they told me how much they made. And I was like, that's not really that much, though, for, like, three uh-huh. people and four dogs. Oh, my God. Because you know me and I'm a dog dude. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but think of your life. Now take away your mortgage payment, your car payment, your driver's license, your insurance, your cell phone bill, any bill that you have. Is this enough money for you to be happy for today? And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. You think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really neat because, I mean, I just assumed, right? Mm-hmm. And listening to them. And uh, the, the one dude and I are still kind of in contact now. But, yeah, it was it was neat. And I just realized, like, I've met a lot of really cool people in my adventures. Totally. So I was like, this, this is kind of what I want my podcast to be because I think a lot of a lot of other people would be really interested in the interesting people that I find interesting right totally man totally like yourself you know I could probably talk to any I could talk to any videographer anywhere but I'm like Anastas is royalty and he's like (laughs) he's I've always been drawn to the people that like are part of a community but are like that market of one for sure and I was like, that's, that's you, 100%. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I just decided this was going to be the thing. I love it, man. It's so awesome. I, I, I've been thinking of doing a podcast, like more of like a videographer style podcast. Just like, I have so many video homies, like all across North America. So it's like, I, I could easily do this. Just finding the time to do it is like, it's got to be something like this where it's like, hey, like, could somebody pop on like right now? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, this yeah. worked out perfect. It's, it's fun. Well, and I mean, for both of us, it sort of puts us on the other side of the lens, even though people can't see us. Yeah. In This is a very, a very raw version of who we are. Totally, dude. Totally. You know? That's how a podcast so, should be, though. You know? You get to know that, people and yeah. stuff. It's so awesome. Like, Man, we went from talking to YouTube about like you know grilling and smoking stuff, you know, like <laughs> like that's but that's just mm-hmm. us, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I when I first started, I was like, I'm gonna make a structure, I'm gonna yeah. you know like research my people, and I was just like, I that's not how I am. Yeah, as a as a whole, I mean, I'm not gonna talk to someone that I don't know anything about. Because why would I think they were interesting if I knew nothing about them? Um, and it's it's so I find it really boring mm-hmm. when you're listening to something or even like watching a YouTube 
podcast where it's so staged it looks like a tv interview totally and it's like nah that ain't me that's not not anything about me (laughs) so yeah Yeah. okay man this has been a slice my cat is now deciding to bother so (laughs) yeah for sure no worries thank you so much for coming on if you ever do anything that you need me for for sure anytime don't hesitate you know where i am Likewise, man. If you need anything, you just hit me up, bro. All right. This was so dope, man. Awesome, dude. Love it. Love it. Thanks again for bringing me on. This is sick, dude. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day, homie. You too, man. Take care. Okay. Bye. All right. Later.